This is Tennis Quick Tips, episode 97. Hey, it's Kim from TennisFixation.com. I'm your host for the Tennis Quick Tips podcast. With every episode, Tennis Quick Tips brings you a quick and easy tip to improve your tennis game and to make sure you're having fun every time you step on court. This week, I'm talking about winning the warm-up. And I'm not talking about winning the warm-up so that you come out of that as the victor before your match even begins. Instead, I'm talking about what I think you can do to make sure you have a great warm-up before you go into your match, both warming up physically and mentally. So I'm sure if you have played for any length of time, you have come up against that opponent who uses the warm-up as their opportunity to play their little mini match. I don't know if people think that's a time to play mind games with their opponents or if they just totally are ignoring what the point of the warm-up is. But I myself have had warm-ups where my opponents don't seem to realize that I don't work for them. I'm not there to make their life easy. I'm there because I need to warm up too. I'm talking about those opponents who, when you start feeding them volleys, they angle them all off. They're going for winners. They're standing only six inches off the net, so it's pretty easy for them to hit winners, and you can't get any kind of little rally going. I'm talking about those opponents who, when they take their overheads, they smash them back at full power, but what irritates me even more is when I am feeding those lobs up to someone so they can practice their overheads, and they smash them back at my partner who's not paying attention at all. The warm-up is not a time to demonstrate what an incredible tennis player you are and how well you're going to play and how you're going to win in the upcoming match. Instead, it's a time to warm up. So let's talk about how to get the most out of your warm-up, what's appropriate and what's not. First, I'm going to look to the rules of tennis to see if there's anything at all that the rules tell us about how to properly warm up. And believe it or not, the ITF rules, which we use here in the United States, according to the USTA, do not have a specific rule on warming up. So they don't tell us exactly what we should and shouldn't be doing during a warm up. But if you go to the code, you do get a little bit of guidance. And as you know, the code is where we find information on how to most fairly and with the most etiquette play tennis. And most leagues adopt the code as part of their rules, regulations, and policies. And certainly the leagues I play in follow the code. So if you look at paragraph three of the code, it flat out tells you, and I'm quoting here, warm up is not practice. In other words, warm up is not the time for you to be practicing your shots, 
If you need to practice your shots, you need to do that before you get out on the court to get started for your match. In fact, here's what the code says all of paragraph three. Quote, warm-up is not practice. A player should provide the opponent a warm-up of five to ten minutes. If a player declines to warm up the opponent, the player forfeits the right to a warm-up in practice. Each player should try to hit shots directly to the opponent. Parentheses, if partners want to warm each other up while their opponents are warming up, they may do so. In parentheses, end of quote. Obviously, the writers of the code recognized this type of warm-up situations that, that I'm describing because they flat out tell you players should try to hit shots directly to the opponent. So this is not a time to be angling volleys off the court. This is a time to try to get a little mini rally going to warm each other up. The issue of warm-up serves are also addressed. In paragraph four, the code says, quote, warm-up serves are taken before first serve of match. A player should take all warm-up serves before the first serve of a match. A player who returns serves should return them at a moderate pace in a manner that does not disrupt the server. End of quote. Honestly, I've never played a league match where somebody said, let's play first one in. We always take our warm-up serves before the official first serve of the match. But I have had the situation where I am hitting my warm-up serves and my opponent is returning them back to me like they're hitting a real return. In other words, what the code is getting at and what I think is the proper way to do this is if you don't want to take serves for whatever reason, and I know sometimes people don't want to actually serve during the warm-up, you should hit them back, certainly not at full power, and you should hit them back directly to your opponent who's taking the warm-up serves. You're not, that's not your opportunity to try out whatever fancy returns you're trying to use in that particular match. Now, while the rules don't address the warm-up, if you play a USTA-sanctioned tournament, there are regulations that do basically stay, say what the code says. And the regulation that applies here is Roman numeral 4C, paragraph 4, and that says, warm-up, a player who refuses to warm-up with the opponent forfeits the right to a warm-up, during the warm-up or a re-warm-up, a player may have any person hit with the player if the opponent refuses to do so. I myself have never been in the situation or seen the situation where an opponent refuses to warm up with you. I certainly can see it happen because people certainly do like to try all kinds of disruptive things in tennis. Um, but if that happens... It's contemplated in the regulations, and you could warm up with a friend or your coach or someone else if that happens. So here's what I think you need to do to make sure you get the most out of your warm-up, particularly when you're warming up with someone who is looking at it like they need to win the warm-up against you. First of all, realize that the point of the warm-up is to get you loose and relaxed. 
So you need to make sure you take your opportunities to hit your strokes, not necessarily at full power, but enough to get your arms, your legs, your body, everything loose, your blood pumping. When you're taking those overheads, you're not trying to hit them at full power. Rather, you're trying to hit them at maybe 50 to 80% so that you can get your shoulder loose get your arm working, and make sure that you remember exactly how you want to hit an overhead. The second thing you need to be trying to accomplish during your warm-up is to get yourself mentally prepared for your match. These 5 to 10 minutes before the match actually starts are a good time to start focusing on what's happening on court, forget about the rest of your life off the court for that amount of time and start getting yourself into whatever the zone is you need to be in to play good tennis that day. For some people, this means stopping all the chit-chat and really focusing on court. For others, it means talking to your partner who you may or may not have a lot of experience with, making sure you guys are on the same page. That's what you need to be accomplishing mentally during that warm-up time, focusing on your match. Finally, the warm-up is a great time to be quickly evaluating your opponents. I did a whole episode on this back in episode 17. It's called How to Quickly Evaluate Your Tennis Opponents. I'll include a link to that in the show notes for this episode. And you can find those show notes at tennisfixation.com slash quicktips97. But if you follow the steps in evaluating your opponents, you'll not only get a good picture about what you're about to face in your match, but it will also help you to focus in on what you're doing on court at that moment. So those are the three things you really want to accomplish during your warm-up. And those, again, were warming yourself up physically getting yourself mentally prepared and focused for the match, and quickly evaluating your opponents. The one thing I've left out of here, which some people might put as part of the warm-up and which I referred to at the beginning, is using the warm-up as some type of opportunity to send a message to your opponents, to intimidate them somehow. I just don't think that is what the warm-up is for. I don't think that's a good expenditure of your time during the warm-up. If somehow your strokes are so fabulous that you get that across to your opponents that, you know, this isn't going to be an easy match for you and my partner and I or you as an individual, if you're playing singles, are about to take the opponent down, good for you. But that is the last thing I would be worrying about during the warm-up There's too many other things that you need to worry about for yourself than the message that you're giving your opponents. If you've got that kind of game, it's going to be there regardless of whether you take steps by, and the specific steps I'm talking about are hitting incredible winners or slamming the ball during the warm-up back at your opponent. You don't need to do that. It's going to be there, and you don't have to go out of your way to be doing what I consider improper warm-up and actually pretty rude. So I'm going to tell you specifically what we do to warm up here in my Houston area. And every league I've played in here, 
pretty much follows the same routine. So I'm going to tell you what I do and sort of give my comment on what I think about it. First, before I get out on the court for this five to 10 minute warm up that we're talking about, I do my own dynamic warm up. It might be at home, even an hour or two before I play my match, but I run through that. I talked about it in episode 18, which was called How to Do a Dynamic Warm Up. And again, I'll link to that in the show notes for this episode. But I try to do that to help me get loose, get relaxed get my body warmed up and ready so that before I even come out on the court, I'm already physically and mentally thinking about my match. When I do get to court, the actual warm-up routine includes just a minute or two of mini tennis. And I've got an episode on mini tennis, which I'll include in the show notes, which I know a lot of people hate mini tennis. I happen to love it. And I'll tell you why in that episode. We then move back to the baseline to hit ground strokes, both forehands and backhands. And if it's doubles, then we're just hitting on half the court with our partners practicing on the other half. We then move into volleys with one team coming up to the net, the other team feeding volleys. And again, I don't try to hit winners. I don't try to angle the ball off the court. I try to get a rally going with my opponent. We take turns doing it. And when I'm feeding volleys to my opponent, I really want to get a rally going because I think that's part of the warm-up that's probably the most helpful when your opponent is at the net and you're back at the baseline trying to return those volleys. It really requires you to move quickly to to really get your footwork going and to hit some pretty precise shots back at your opponent. We each take some overheads, which I think is not only a good opportunity for practicing hitting your overhead, but when you're feeding, it's a great opportunity to practice lobbing if you can again try to get a rally going. And then finally, we take serves. I don't ever use that as an opportunity to practice returns because, frankly, I'd rather spend more time getting my arm loose and practicing my serves, and I don't want to get in a situation where my opponent is chasing balls down because of my returns. That's my whole warm-up routine. That's what we do here in Houston, and we move from that into – usually into spinning the racket. Sometimes we spin the racket before taking the serve so that you can serve from your side. So that's what I recommend for winning the warm-up. Not using the warm-up as an opportunity to impose yourself on your opponents and make it into some type of mini match before your actual match even begins, but to really take advantage of that time to get yourself ready to play. As I mentioned, I'll have all of the resources that I talked about down in the show notes for this episode, all those um, previous podcast episodes I mentioned, and you can find the show notes over at tennisfixation.com slash quicktips97. And thanks to all of you for listening. I really enjoy doing this podcast, and I hope you enjoy it too. If you haven't already, I hope you can take just a minute or two to leave a review and rating on iTunes. 
Reviews for this podcast are very helpful and are very much appreciated. They do matter in the rankings of the show. I read each and every one of them, and I would love to share them here on the show. You can find the Tennis Quick Tips iTunes page and leave your review by going to tennisfixation.com slash iTunes. Please feel free to let me know your tennis questions or if you have suggestions about what you'd like to hear on Tennis Quick Tips. You can do that by going to the show notes, going to the bottom of that page, and leaving a comment. All of my contact info, other Tennis Quick Tips episodes, and a ton of other great tennis tips can be found over at TennisFixation.com. Thanks so much for listening, and happy tennis. Happy tennis.